0: Good evening good evening. good evening,
1: good evening Good evening,
0: good evening Come on in, share Around and notify Jesus, we you with are
1: sweet. Around you, in you with song and you with Jesus, we perhaps with pride. Single to the land. Sing on to the Lamb. Sing
0: hallelujah to the Oh God. Sing
1: hallelujah
0: to the Lamb.
1: Sing hallelujah to the Lamb. Sing hallelujah to the, Lamb. Sing hallelujah to the
0: Lamb God. Good evening, good evening, good morning, share and notify.
1: We you with glory. We you with honor. Jesus, we around you with pray. We you with song and you with Jesus, we around you with the Jesus, around you and pray. Sing,
0: I evening, good to Everybody share and
1: notify. Good evening, good evening. Good evening, good evening. evening, good evening. Good good evening. Good evening, good evening. Good to good good
0: evening good evening come on in share and notify
1: (laughs) Good evening, come on in, share
0: and notify. Hello, hello,
1: hello.
0: Show get started shortly. Come on in, come on in, share and notify
1: i evening. Good evening. you <laughs>
0: hallelujah to the left. Oh God. i the to the left. To the left. To the left. Oh God. To the left. Good evening. Come on in. Share and beautify. Oh God. God. the
1: Share and Oh God. i i i Let's go!
0: You are listening to the Manifesting God podcast with your host, Marie Elizabeth. This podcast will uplift and thrust you into the manifestation of the promises of God in your life. good evening thank you so much for tuning again on this monday at 7 p.m remember if you're under the sound of my voice god has kept you regardless of your situation of your circumstances regardless of your struggles god has still kept you don't leave him don't back up he is still holding on with his unchanging hand so that means don't you change Don't you make a different decision. Stay with God. Let's get started. Go over to 1 Corinthians 1, and I'm going to start at verse 18. 1 Corinthians 1, and I'm going to start at verse 18. So good to see you all again on this evening. Verse 18, and the new international version, the new international version starts like this. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those of us who are being saved, those of us being saved, it is the power of God. Verse 19 says, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent, I will frustrate. Verse 20 says, where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him. God was pleased. Through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe jews demand signs and greeks look for wisdom jews demand signs and greeks look for wisdom but we preach we preach christ crucified christ crucified a stumbling block to the jews and Foolishness to the Gentiles. This is Paul talking, but to those whom God has called both the Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God, the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Brothers and sisters, Think of what you were when you were called. Remember who you were when you were called. Not many of you wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many were of noble birth, but God chose the foolish things. Underline that, the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose. The weak things, the weak things, underline that, of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things, underline that, the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify, to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us the wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, redemption. Therefore, it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Let the one who boasts both and the Lord. Now I want to read this to you in another version. Got to get it to you in another version. Go to the message version and hear how they say this. The message that points to Christ on the cross seems like sheer silliness to those hell bent on destruction. Hell bent on destruction. But for those on the way of salvation, it makes perfect sense this is the way god works and most powerfully as it turns out it's written i'll turn conventional wisdom on its head i'll expose so-called experts as shams so where can you find some truly wise truly educated truly intelligent in this day and age Hasn't God exposed it all as pretentious nonsense? Come on, this is what the message version says. Since the world in all its fancy wisdom never had a clue when it came to knowing God, God in his wisdom took delight in using what the world considered stupid preaching of all things, to bring those who trust him into the way of salvation. While the Jews clamor for miraculous demonstrations and the Greeks go in for philosophical wisdom, we go right on proclaiming Christ the crucified. Paul said, we go right on proclaiming Christ the crucified. Jews treat that like an anti-miracle and the Greeks pass it off as absurd. But to us who are personally called. You are personally called by God himself, both Jews and Greeks, Christ and God's ultimate miracle and wisdom all wrapped up in one. Human wisdom is so cheap, so impotent next to the seemingly absurdity of God. Human strength can't begin to compete with God's weakness. It can't even begin to compete. So take a look, friends and who you were when you got called into this life i don't know many of you the brightest or and the best among you many uh not many influential not many from high society families isn't it obvious that god deliberately chose men he deliberately chose men and women that the culture overlooks and exploits and abuses Choose these nobodies to expose the hollow pretensions of somebodies. That makes it quite clear. It's quite clear that none of you can get by with blowing your own horn before God. Everything that we have, right thinking and right living, a clean slate and a fresh start, it comes from God. It comes from God by the way of Jesus Christ. That's why we have the saying, if you're going to blow a horn, blow a trumpet for God. If you're going to blow a horn, blow a trumpet for God. Now, remember, I told you in 1 Corinthians 1, 18 and 31 that I read first in the New International Version. And then in the Message Version, I told you to underline the words foolish, weak, and lowly. Foolish, weak, and And lowly. And I want to go into those a little bit before I even tell you what we're talking about, which you may have already called on. But let's let's go in. Let's go in. Foolish to the world. Let's start with foolish. Foolish to the world is having or showing a lack of good sense, judgment or discretion, like in a foolish mistake. Now, to Jesus, it means an act or appointment of God deemed foolish by men. First Corinthians 1 says, but God chose, remember, the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Now let's talk about that word weak because that word is in there as well. Weak is uh, lacking strength to the world, deficient of physical vigor, not able to sustain and exert much weight. Keep in mind, I'm telling you the definition what the world calls it, with the how the world describes it and how Jesus describes it, okay? So weak in the world is lacking strength. It's deficient of physical vigor. Not able to sustain or exert much weight. Not able to uh, resist external force. Not able to withstand attack. You're easily upset, nauseated, weak stomach, mentally or intellectually deficient, not able to withstand temptation or persuasion, not factually grounded or logically presented, not able to function properly, a lack of skill, a lack of aptitude, a wanting of vigor or expression or effect lacking normal intensity potency having a, a not having any authority which to exert or political power but to jesus but to jesus it simply means one whom is destitute of power among men among men it's the greek greek word um asthenis, without uh without vigor without strength strength without uh, a properly Um, without, without proper vigor, without, it's a state of weakness. First Corinthians 27, remember God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. So God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose what was weak to, he chose something that was destitute of power among men to shame, to shame uh, the strong, to shame the strong. Second Corinthians 12, nine through 11, it says, but he said to me that my grace, remember this is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. It's made perfect in weakness. So Jesus, uh, he makes us, uh, when we're at our weakest point, we're actually at our perfected point, our perfected point. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Jesus' sake, verse 10 says, I delight in weakness, insults, hardships and persecutions and difficulties for when I am weak then I am strong so in Christ weakness means something completely different than it means in the world in the world and it is a strength that humanity that humanity those that are not in christ in the world cannot possibly comprehend cannot possibly understand now i'm going to go to the word uh low or low lowlier or lowliest i'm going to go to that word in the world that means not lofty or grand it means low in the order of importance in value and esteem um, having or being of a low rank in some hierarchy low in a scale of evolution or development humble in a matter in the manner of spirit free from self-assertive pride but what does lowly or low mean to Christ what does it mean to our lord and savior jesus christ the word means gentle in the greek praus p-r-a-u-s can also be translated as meek see we live in a world where to be gentle or meek in many ways is considered to be soft as it refers though to the lord to our lord and savior jesus christ it's nothing could be uh so so far from the truth um, when you think about this word, this word, think of um Prius right? P-R-A, just that pra. That means more than meek, just that word alone. Biblical meekness is not a weakness, but rather refers to exercising God's strength under his control, under his control. While the word Uh, while the world might consider gentleness or meekness as a weakness, it actually means one has more self-control than average. That's what it Actually means prayos. That's what it actually means, and that's what the word actually stands for. You see how we have opposite meanings here? What the world considers a bad thing, God considers a good thing. What the world considers unusable, God considers usable. He actually moves more towards that which is lowly, that which is meek. That He actually moves more towards or moves more through that which the world would consider weak, that which the world considers weak. So the Bible tells us that God chose the lowly things of this world to desp- and, and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. So when we talk about what God chose, again, God chose, verse 27 says, but God chose the foolish things. God chose the weak things. Verse 28, God chose the lowly things. Now let's understand God's choice. Let's understand exactly what that means. To God, choosing is the word ek ohi ek ek-leg-om-ahi. I broke it down. Yes, ek-leg-om-ahi. This word, it means to pick out. It means to choose. It means to pick or choose for one's self. It means to choose out of many, choosing one for an office, um, one that God deems fit. He deems fit to receive his favors and separate it from the rest of mankind. So look at it this way. God separated from the rest of mankind, the foolish, the weak. And the lowly he separated them out for a specific use, he separated them out as in uh choosing them as in he chose his disciples as in choosing one for a particular office he chose to set us apart so that we might be used of him that which the world would not even consider so here's the here's the thing that we want to understand from this scripture because as i was reading it i'm like what exactly uh god are you showing me here we have to be very 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 careful what we dismiss We have to be very careful what we define as foolish, what we define as weak, what we define as lowly, because in today's world, because Christianity has been so integrated in the world, in the world's thought processes, in the world's language. We tend to adopt even the world's definition. So we'll be throwing away what God has given us as a gift to fulfill whatever purpose that God has us to fulfill. Remember, I said each the scriptures tell us each one of us are fitly joined together, so we're fitly joined, meaning, um, to my left is something that I need, I have something they need, they have something that I need. To my right, I have something that they need, they have something that I need. But if I am to fulfill the purpose that God has in me, but if I am treating what is to my left and my right as foolish or or noting it as weak or considering it lowly i'll be quick to dismiss what god has given me to in order to fulfill his promises. So then the question then becomes, if we were unable, why God, are we unable to fulfill the promises that you have already pre-designed for our lives? To get that answer, then we must go back and revisit our choices. You know, I'm going to say something about a choice in this time that I'm talking with you. We have to go back and revisit our choice what did we decide what did we choose what did we make decision of that we considered it foolish what did we decide was weak what did we decide according to the world's definition um was foolish that had a lack of good sense that had a lack of judgment that lacked uh discretion what did we decide was weak that had no strength that had no physical vigor see these are the world's definitions that that um that had a weak stomach what did we decide was low that it was that it was not lofty; that it wasn't grand enough for that for us what did we decide was low that had no importance no value no esteem what have we dismissed as low as uh, weak as foolish that God chose what did we dismiss that god chose what are we dismissing even now that god chose because we have a discernment that's more uh, associated and more in partner with the world's definition with the world's definition so we easily dismissed it thinking it could serve us of no purpose had no meaning in our lives could not assist us at all on our journey because we were defining it according to the world see we we in the we that are in christ that say that we believe on his name we have to be very careful when we are defining something by the world's definition and we're not addressing it according to the definition of god because what they push away and count worthless by these definitions by the world's definition is far different than what god calls it it's far different than what god calls it see we're throwing away Foolish, what we con- what we consider foolishness, but God, he considers it an appointment. He considers it an appointment. We're throwing away what the world calls weak, lacking in strength, but God calls it destitute with power, destitute of power among men. Just among men, which means it has power. They have power with him. What we're considering and marking as low, something that is not important, no value, um, low of rank to God, that thing is me. That thing is something that can be used. And that thing, get this, that thing, as I said earlier, it exercises God's strength under his control so that thing that we're throwing away as me or as uh, gentle is a thing that god or a person or a gift (coughs) that god considers that something that can be trusted because it exercises they exercise god's strength under god's control it means that they have more self-control than average which you know as well as i know some of us in ministry could use a little bit more self-control but see we dismissed it we dismissed that gift that god sent to balance us out and help us to be disciplined because it looked gentle it looked gentle according to the word. It looked low according to the world's uh, definition. It looked it looked uh, of no importance, of no value. So we we're dismissing the gifts that God has sent us to fulfill feel a vision for our lives, a purpose for our lives, simply because our discernment is more integrated with the world's definition than it is with Jesus's definition, with God's definition. We have a completely different means of seeing things, which means that our vision is even off. the way we see things is even off our discernment is even off so if we're sitting and we're wondering why have the purposes and the plans of god yet not manifested in my life we have to ask the question what did i dismiss that god sent for me, to help me to manifest his promises in the earth realm, to work with the body of Christ, not my, just my local church, but the entire body of Christ. Christ uh, worldwide to be able to work within the body of Christ and build the kingdom of God? What did I throw away? What did I so casually toss aside considering it low or considering it of no use or considering it weak? What are we doing? Go to Acts 10. Go to Acts 10. Acts 10 and verse 9. It says, about noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went on up on the roof to pray. Stay with me. I'm going somewhere. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open and something like a large sheet being let down by the earth, by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice took told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Eat there is consume. It's a metaphor for consume. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied, like most of us reply. Surely not, Lord. I have never consumed. I have never consumed anything unpure and unclean. I have never consumed anything impure or unclean. Have we not dismissed a lot of what God set before us to consume, telling him, Not so? I have never consumed anything impure or unclean. Like that liar you used to be wasn't impure or unclean. Like that fornicator you used to be wasn't impure or unclean. Like the drugs that you got delivered from weren't impure or unclean. Like that man's wife that you got delivered from wasn't impure or unclean. We are forgetting from what we, whence we came. And what God calls Pure, as he tells us down in here in verse 15, the voice spoke to him a second time Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. That would mean you too. See, impure is calling something common, impure is calling something ordinary. It's the Greek word koinos. It is some telling, saying that something belongs uh, to a generality. To the Jews, it meant unhallowed. It meant profane. It meant Levitically unclean. And so telling God that something is impure, it, you won't touch it or you won't make make that a thing a part or give that thing a place in your in whatever it is that god was have you doing i will not be fitly joined to the left or the right of me because i think they're weak i think they're low i think that they're something that I don't know, but I I think they're foreign. You're saying, I think they're unclean. I think they're not cleansed. I think they're um, not cleansed in a moral sense. I think they're not cleansed in a ceremonial sense. So he's telling Peter, don't you dare call anything, anything, anything impure that God has made clean. I brought this scripture up because when we call something, anything, anything, that god does not call it when we define something by the world and not according to what our lord and savior jesus christ calls it we are in fact calling it impure we are in fact telling god not so you are you are so wrong i have never I have never touched anything impure. We forgot when we were impure and he touched us and he chose us and he chose us so that now we're so high and mighty that we're dismissing others because what they bring to the table might not be what we're bringing to the table, but aren't we all supposed to be unified in Christ? In Christ, I have never heard of Jesus Christ. Nowhere in the Bible does it tell me Jesus' feet was way over here in one country while his legs was over in another country, while his hands was over in another country, while his head was over in another country. We're supposed to be unified in the body of Christ. So that means I respect what God has given you to bring to the table. It might be something that can enhance what God has given me, just like what I have. I enhance what God has given you. And I'm strictly talking about here what God calls, what Jesus calls, what the Godhead calls, foolish, weak, and lowly. We are not to define those three things by the world's definition because in God's sense, we are actually telling him it's impure and I'm not going to touch that because I never have. And that right there is a lie. That right there shows your your weakness, your worldly weakness. See, uh, I like where it says here that he's chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise and where he chose the weak things to shame the strong. I like that because it's making it clear or the lowly things and the despised things and the things that are not. He chose what is lowly, despised and worth nothing to nullify. To make null and void the things that are. And I, I appreciate that because so many times when we come to Christ, after we've come to a relation, come into a relationship with him, you know, we tend to dismiss ever so quickly folks that do not know him, maybe uh, as we might feel as we do when the truth of the matter is sometimes they've had an experience with god that causes him to causes them to know god in areas that we've not experienced and they can give us an understanding a better understanding and we're so quick to dismiss because it appears weak because our vision is off it appears weak it appears low it appears so for that reason, I, that's impure to me. I'm not going to touch that. I've never have, I've never been there and I'm never going to see, we tell on ourselves when Peter said that statement, he completely dined himself out because it's like, excuse me, Mr. Denial man, Um, you can't, you don't get to tell, you don't get to tell the Holy Spirit when he's speaking to you and telling you what to consume, what to, um, what to to consume in your to digest, what to uh what to allow to be a part of you, what to allow to assist you, you what to allow in your space. You don't get to tell God, uh, that's unpure. I don't think I'm gonna do that. See, you know what? Um I, it was some time ago. I was scrolling through YouTube, right? And it was a pastor on there. And he said, he was telling a story. It was like a, you know, those little clips. And he was telling a story about how he um, was going through something and um, just like basically being harassed online by a specific type of, uh, of witchcraft spirit. He was being harassed. And he felt like, he said, he felt like, um, people were believing it. People were close to him. That they were believing what the witch was saying. And he said, I literally walked around for a year mad at my closest friend thinking they were believing it. And when they finally came to me and said to me, what's going on with you? You're not the same. And he looked at the person, he said, and he said, well, what's going on with you? Because he was angry. He thought the person was believing it. And he said, you're believing everything they say on such and such. And the person looked at him and said, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't even see that. I was talking about such and such. And so he said, I literally walked around a whole year mad at this person thinking that they were believing what was being said and they didn't even know about it. And he said, I figured out something from that. I figured out that maybe unless I have actual facts, actual facts that the enemy was literally driving me in that moment, driving me toward a spirit of hatred towards my brother that didn't even know it wasn't true. It was false. And that's a lot of us. We hear things. Um, we, like I said, we think we see something, but our discernment is way off, but we don't know we don't have the facts we didn't hear it from that person's mouth and we make a judgment call based on based on what it is we think we see or what it is we think we know and then we tend to push that person aside or push this one aside, not even understanding that the enemy is driving us. He is driving us through our insecurities, through our insecurities. He is driving us. So we have to be very, very careful to make sure that when we truly decide to label something or someone, that we are clear how we are defining what we're labeling. Are we using... In the world's definitions by, and then are we assuming some things or do we actually know that we actually have a conversation with that person and we actually understand the situation or scenario? I always tease my daughter because we, like we were watching a game one time and it was um, breast cancer awareness week. And the guys had, you know, the football team had all pink, you know, like the pink uh, socks and they'll put on like sometimes they'll get pink sneakers made or whatever like that. And they're, you know, playing football, professional ball, you know, and she's like, why they got kind on of pink? I don't even understand. And she goes on the whole tangent. And then when she finished, I'd be like, uh, honey, they're trying to give recognition to uh, breast cancer, breast cancer awareness month. And she'd be like, oh. So, and that's some of us, we look at something, I don't even understand, now, let me tell you another one. I remember before I had my children, I used to always see the mothers, me and my husband always laugh about this. I would see the mom in the back seat with the baby and the husband would be up front by himself. And I was like, I don't understand why she does that. Oh, Every time I saw it, I would go on this long uh, dissertation as to why she shouldn't do that until I had a child. Until I had a child and the baby cried and I couldn't, I was nursing and I couldn't pull them up front. It was safer for me to be in the back so that I could nurse them and I could seatbelt us both in so that no harm came to the child. And we laugh about that to the day because some things you don't know unless you either experience or either you have a conversation with someone who actually is the person or someone that actually has an understanding, that actually had a conversation with the person. And have I made more assumptions since then? Yes, I have, but I stopped myself midway and go, wait a minute. Don't do that. Just remember the mother in the back with the baby. Just remember that. Just remember that because I've realized that sometimes we can allow, we can start to see things through the world's eyes, which means through the enemy's eyes. He's using us. He's using us to destroy our own purpose. He's using us to destroy God's plan in our lives. He's using us to do it. He's using us against ourselves. Some of us, we have become our own weapons against ourselves. We are destroying ourselves because of a what? A lack of knowledge, a lack of understanding. We are being driven by assumptions. We are being driven by the enemy. And then when somebody tries to tell us the truth, then we get upset with them, but they're, try, they're just trying to tell you, hey, that no, that's not as it appears. It really is. No, really, that door is white. I said it's blue. No, really, it's really white. No, I said it's blue, and it's been blue since I moved in here. It was blue, and you ain't got no blue paint in your house. I painted the blue. No, you didn't. So we got, we go, we're just determined to defend our view, not understanding that it's not aligning with the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, some of us have walked away from ministries where leaders have tried to tell us the truth, but we were determined to stay in the deception of our family line. Or we were determined to stay in the deception of a lie. Or we were determined to stay in the deception of the soul tie that we had. We're determined to hold on to that. And we don't understand that now we've become our own enemy. So no, the devil didn't do it. You did it. You became the enemy to yourself. And you are in turn destroying the vision or the promises or the purpose that God has for your life because nobody can point out that, hey, that is really a white door. You won't even consider that maybe they might be right. That door might be painted white. It just might be. We'd rather hold on to our assumptions, hold on to our misconceptions, hold on to anything that we can that defines us that is abruptly against the will of God. And what God is calling for today, He is calling for us to re examine. To re examine. See, we're calling out to Christ, why, 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 but we haven't taken the time to examine what might I have, what decision, what choice that I might have made that put um, something you sent to answer my prayer at a distance. What, what choice did I make to move that over there when that was the thing that was going to help me manifest the, your promises in my life? Sometimes we made a choice. Sometimes it's our choice that made us move what God put us with or or near us to help us to move it at a distance because we see it and we're defining it by the world's standards rather than God's standards, rather than his standards. We are dismissing his will and his purposes in our lives by simply not accepting that which he has put before us to actually fulfill his promises. So, so in this day and time, what God is saying to us is go back again, go back again. I answered your prayers. I gave you exactly what you asked me for. Go look again, go look again. It's right there. It's right there. No, you are, you are not being punished. No, you repented. And I did as I promised. And I cast your sin into the sea of forgetfulness. <laughs> you are not being punished. I am not holding you back. I have for you the my promises, my purpose that I have manifested before you. But you keep turning away because you don't recognize it. You have a case of mistaken identity. You don't see it for what it is. You can't see it for what it is because you are looking at it through the defined eyes of the world rather than how I see it, rather than how. I've created it rather than how I've purposed it. We are dismissing that which God has purposed for us because we don't understand its full use as God does. And God is saying that I want to share that with you. I want to give that to you, but you won't let me, but you won't let me. You are holding tight to your view. You are holding tight to your definition and I cannot fight your choice. I have to leave you to your choice. So that's why today God is calling us to make different choices. He's calling us to make a different choice. And no matter if you made a mistake the first time, repent and go back and get it again. Repent and go because it's still yours is still there it's still yours waiting for you waiting for you that 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 opportunity that you dismissed that you shut the door on that you didn't think was for you it's still right there waiting for you that thing that God sent to help you fulfill leaders vision your vision uh for your ministries uh it's still right there is still right there. It's still right there waiting for you. It was gift wrapped just for you. So we must make a choice now because see, the reason why we have to be careful how we're defining uh, what is before us and how we label it and, and, uh, understand that we make sure that we're speaking the same language that God is speaking because God is doing a work in this land. And it is time for, uh, vis- certain visions to be fulfilled. There, are t- there is time for certain works to start to be accomplished in the earth realm because he's soon to come back. And there are people that are waiting on the vision and you to manifest so that you can tell them more, uh, of what they need to, know to be able to come into relationship with Jesus Christ. So he is giving it right now, but we're dismissing it. We're dismissing it because we're hung up in our past behavior. Some of us don't realize it, but we're still on the same merry-go-round that we've been on for years. We're still doing the same thing the same way. We refuse to step out of the box and realize, realize that God is calling us to a different place to do things differently and know you're not going to do it like you did before. And we still insist on doing it the way we've done it before and try to force him to sanction it. And he's looking at you like, no, I sanctioned what's over to your left. And I sanctioned what's over to your right, but you keep pushing it away because it causes you to be uncomfortable because it forces you into another level of truth that you're not familiar with. But God said, I am waiting for you there with extended hands. I will teach you all things. The Holy Spirit is going to teach you all things. Grace is going to guide you through if you would just allow me. If you would just touch the extended hand that I have for you, if you would just reach out to me, God is saying, I will pull you through, I will teach you. There is nothing, nothing at this point to be afraid of. If anything, we should be afraid of returning back to what is considered the beggarly elements of this world. We should be afraid of turning back and getting back on that same merry-go-round. I'm to the point now when I get ready to do something, I question, Did I do Did I own always do it that way? Because if I always did it that way, God, tell me if that's what you want. Do you want me to continue to do it that way? Or do you want me to to do it another way? We have to be open. We have to be open to what God is calling us to. Some of us are not open to it. We think we know. We think we know. And that is that world's knowledge. That is that world's intellect. And God is confounding you now. He's confounding you now because it's not working the way you think it should. It's not working the way God intended that it would. It's working the way you're used to seeing it working. And if you're doing something again, that is that you're doing it the way you've always done it and the way you're used to doing it, God is not calling for that. He's dismissed that. He's already fired that. He's provided you with all new concepts. He's provided you with all new financing, all new opportunities, ways that he wants you to work in his kingdom. But for you to receive it, you have to be open to receive it. You're the devil. You. Some of us are blaming the enemy. Some, we're the enemy. We're our own enemy. So if you're talking about the devil and you're calling him, you're, the enemy stop me and the enemy is fighting, you're fighting you. Only you are fighting you. Only you are fighting you because you're stuck in the way you would normally do things and you are calling what God calls, uh, what God is uh, using, uh, you're calling it by the world's definition, foolish, weak, and low. And we have to be careful, again, how we define it. Make sure that what how that we are defining things, how God is defining it. And the way we know, not only by studying the word of God, but also by asking him, if we're unclear, we can ask him, we can go to God in prayer and we can say, listen, I have, these are the opportunities that I have before me, or which one of these do you want me to take? Or can I take them all? I mean, that's what I asked them. Can I have, can I do them all? He said, yes, you can. And I'm going to do them all. Because we don't don't have to leave anything on the table. And then sometimes he might look and say, nope, I just want you to do that right now. And see, even though he's saying, yes, you can do them all, he'll tell me, now you're going to do this one first. Then you're going to do this one second. And then you're going to do this one third. And there were times that I almost dismissed what was a gift to help me in certain areas. I almost dismissed it because I'm like this. Come on, move, 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 and it wasn't moving like I thought it should move, and I, I was about to dismiss it, and my husband said, No, 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 that's your gift, that's your gift. Remember, it just looks different than you're used to it looking, and it's moving differently than you're used to it moving, but it's still yours. And you have to adjust to that thing. And sure enough, once I adjusted, there were all kinds of strategies being unveiled that I would have never known if I just walked away in impatience, and impatience. Sometimes we got to wait on the things that God has for us. We got to let it unfold. We're so quick to dismiss it before even unwrapping it, before even looking in the box, before even taking it out the box and sitting it out and see what it's going to do. Put the batteries in. Let's see how it operates. What's it going to do? We don't even ask God any questions. And once I started asking questions, I came to an understanding. I got knowledge. I got understanding. I got understanding of where God is taking me. I got understanding of where God wants to take me. Listen, any vision that God gives you that you can work by yourself, it's not from God because God doesn't give visions that he gives visions that interconnect with other people's visions and the people that he's given me, my vision interconnect with their vision and expands it far beyond all of our reaches. So it has to incorporate other people's purpose, other people's purpose. That's all I have for you tonight. Let me pray with you before you go. Um, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you today. I thank you for life. I thank you for health and strength and peace. I thank you, God, that you once again are fine-tuning us, fine-tuning our understanding, fine-tuning our language, fine-tuning our vision so that we can see that which you have personally, personally, created and made just for us. Thank you, God, for uh, making known to us what you have for us and giving us understanding and how to use it, strategies and plans. You're downloading what you have for us and how it will be used to glorify and build up the kingdom of God. And I thank you, God, just for every opportunity that you're laying before us. I thank you, God, that we will now pause and we will ask you, what exactly do you want us to do? We will wait for your instruction, God. We will wait for your direction and we will wait for that thing to unveil itself unto us, God, because we understand timing. We understand that everything is in your timing. We understand that our purpose is in your timing and while we might think it's not moving the way we think it should be moving, you are in control and you lord god are guiding our footsteps and the footsteps of every moving piece around us and we thank you god for every good and perfect thing and we invite you god into our lives into our thought processes into our vision into our understanding god to guide us Through this new terrain that you are taking us through, through this new area that you are taking us to, we are depending on you. And we're not leaning to our own understanding, but in all of our ways, we are acknowledging you. We're acknowledging you. And I thank you, God, for everything, every single thing. I thank you, God. In Jesus' name, I pray. If you would like to donate to this podcast, the information is at the bottom of your screen. And remember, until next week, don't let go. Don't let go no matter what. No matter what comes, don't let go. Don't let go of God's unchanging hand. Don't let go. Have a good week, and I'll be praying for you and yours.
1: Second wave is kicked in. No matter how rough it gets, no matter how hard it gets.